Hi, good to see all of you today and um, good to have uh, Sam and Nina here doing um, some good stuff and uh, just good to worship together. Today we talk about this idea of uh, gentleness and you know, out of the nine descriptions of the fruit of the Spirit, really this is the one that um, really catches our eye. You know, it's not the big draw, it's not the uh, thing that we think about or um, you know, even, you know, wish for, really. And uh, Dallas Willard, the late Dallas Willard, wrote in his book on gentleness, he says it's one of the qualities we rarely pray for, that we rarely desire, is gentleness. We have a, a mistaken understanding of what gentleness is, and we don't desire for that. Those of you who have kids, you don't pray that God will give your kid, you know, this initially. You pray for other things. Power, fame, intelligence, health, and all those things we pray for, do we ever think and pray, gosh, I hope they're gentle? You know, gals, when you're looking for a spouse or guys, vice versa, and you say, what are the qualities you're looking for? And gentleness doesn't really rank the, on the top list, you know? It's things of like, you know, looks like this and is this and does this. And, um, but we don't think about this. And yet this is a, a quality that we ought to uh, strive after. We ought to allow God to make that manifest in our life. And it is the work that God is doing. And one of it is gentleness. Um, today, we're going to look at this wonderful characteristic and a four-part definition of it. It's a little different from the outline. I uh, was working on it still, but a four-part definition and then just how we ought to apply it, really. Uh, and we'll go through that together. First of all, gentleness assumes that there is power. So we use the word gentle towards what? Like a, a big football player. We say, oh, he's a you know, gentle you know, giant. He's big, but he's such a nice guy. Because we look at someone, we say, well, he is big. There is power behind her. We might look and describe an animal, a big grizzly bear. Um, you know, we say, boy, that's a gentle you know, a, a giant of an animal. You, know, you can go and play with this. And we may, see, we may describe things that way. But the only things that we describe as gentle are things that are powerful. You know, you don't go to a, a rabbit, uh, you know, bunny rabbit, oh, what a gentle. I mean, you don't use it. It's cute and fluffy and all that. But it is the, the bear or the big horse that is really trained well. We say, wow, it's so gentle. Or the big, you know, the football player, the, the, the linebacker, we say, wow, he is, you know, that, that when they are gentle, we will describe them. Um, so gentleness, first of all, assumes that there is power behind it. We often mistake gentleness as weakness, powerless. Um, they, they don't have a, 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 you know, a backbone. They don't stand up for things. There is no conviction. No, gentleness assumes that there is power. Right? The description of Jesus that we read in Matthew 11 is one who is gentle and lowly in heart, but we know he was and is the most powerful person who ever walked this earth. And so this is this idea of power that's there. So don't assume that I want to be a strong person, so i got to throw this out. We have to say, if I want to be a strong person. One of the characteristics of a strong person is someone who practices gentleness. You know, R.C. Sproul describes this word. He says, when we speak of a gentle person, we are not speaking of someone who is fearful. Rather, the biblical view of gentleness presupposes strength. So you are a, a child of God. You have God the Holy Spirit walking beside you, counseling you. You have your eternity set. You have no worries. 
You could pray to a God in heaven who hears you. There's a lot of power that we possess. And he says, now you have to be gentle. So the idea, first of all, is there's power involved. Secondly, it's under control. Power is under control. And this is what gentleness is. It's someone who is strong, someone who has capabilities, abilities, and they are under control. The animal that, without training, is wild, but one that, when you train, will gallop along in the way you want them to. Gentleness is power now that is under control. Um, This book called Taking Your Soul to Work, the authors, two authors, Stevens and Ung, um, they talk about one of the, I think it was seven qualities that you need in the workplace as a Christian, and one of them was gentleness, that you need gentleness in the workplace. And this is what they say, and I love the description. He says uh, that we as Christians need to be courageous, disciplined people. And I love this. With nerves of steel, an individual who has restrained his or her strength for the good of the weaker one. Nerves of steel. Not so sensitive, I get hurt, I get offended. Nerves of steel and someone who is now restraining his or her strength for the good of the weaker one. Restraining my strength for the good of the other one. You know, uh, it's kind of nice. My kids are now uh, almost 15, and uh, my younger one is 11. And so I get to now watch movies with them, and I'm introducing the movies that I like. And this is kind of now it's it's new, because... All the way up to this point, I was always stuck watching things that they wanted to watch, you know, the, the Toy Stories and like the princess stuff. And um, I remember there was one point we went to watch uh, some Dr. Seuss something. A few, and I remember I just felt like I've had my complete fill of these silly movies. And I remember I said, I can't watch anymore, kids. Daddy will be outside. <laughs> like, I couldn't watch it anymore. You know, these little cartoons are singing and I'm like, I, I can't watch this anymore. And as I'm done, and so I was like, I can't wait till one day they're older and I can show them movies I like. So I introduced them recently to Jaws. We watched Jaws, and uh, they loved it. They loved it. They were really scared. They don't want them to ever swim again. Um, and you know, we watched that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we watched Batman. Uh, the what was that? The, the Dark Knight, right? And that was a, that was a fantastic one. The best one out of all of them, right? And you know, with Heath Ledger as Joker, and we watched that. And, um, you know, and they were all scared, and I said, don't worry, don't worry, Batman's a good guy, and he looks scary, he sounds scary, but he's the good guy, and he uh, makes sure no one gets hurt. I said, look, no one gets killed, right? And isn't that the difference, right? Uh, when you watch that, the, the bad guy, or the villain, is someone who is powerful. The superhero is someone who is powerful. But the villain is the one who has power and does however he feels like. That's the villain. The Joker's the one, he's mad at the world, and I'm going to cut someone up. I was hurt as a child, and he just hurts everyone. And he doesn't care. He wants to hurt all of Gotham City. That was his goal. And that's the villain, yet the one who has just as much power, Batman, is just as much powerful, and yet he constrains all his power, and is filled with self-control. And he is careful to make sure nobody dies along the way, even the bad guys, that nobody dies. He is careful to now practice his strength so he could help people, right? And so that's really the difference. The powerful person who does and says whatever they want on a whim when they want to is a villain. The one who holds it back for the betterment of someone else is the hero. 
And obviously, we want to be now the heroes. We want to be like the superhero. We want to use our power to benefit other people. And this has been a theme that's worked since the comic book days and ever since. They make sure that this guy, the good guy, is powerful and yet it's under control. There's a sense of gentleness there. Um, and we see that here, that it is something that is under control. The third part of the description of this word gentleness is, is dem- it's, a, it's an active word. It's, it's demonstrated. Gentleness is defined by how we treat others. So the difference between gentleness and, let's say, humility is this. Humility is an inner disposition. It's a belief about myself um, that I am no better than anyone else. I am only thing that I have is the grace of God. And it's this idea of humility that we're learning. But it's an inward disposition. It's something that's on our hearts. Gentleness is not just something in my heart that I believe, but it's now lived out. I practice it. People see it. You know, the Bible, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it's not just the seeds or the roots that's in the ground that's invisible, but the fruit that is visible. And so it's how I talk, what tone I use, what kind of words I use, what I say, how I argue for what I think is right, um, what I do when I get offended. All of these things now point to someone who is gentle. So gentleness is not something I could say, okay, it's deep inside my heart. I'm a gentle person down here inside. On the outside, I I may not act like it, but on the inside I am. No, gentleness by this uh, definition is how I treat other people. It's the visible fruit that we see. And so if we want to work on gentleness, we have to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to empower us to take the reality of what is on the inside to be made manifest on the outside. And so we see this, it's demonstrated by how we treat other people. You know, you look at the, obviously, you know, Jesus is mentioned in the New Testament, but you look at the Old Testament, probably the most famous and well-known person is Moses, the author of the Pentateuch and the one who led the Israelites out. You think about him. You think about all the power that he possessed, and the Bible describes him in Numbers 12, verse 3. Now man was very, now the man Moses was very meek. Synonym for gentle, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. The description of him was meek. You would think the one who was the prince of Egypt, the one who had the power uh, in Egypt, the one who led the Israelites, the millions of people out by his authority, the one who held the staff and saw God's power and he had face-to-face conversations with him, the one who held the tablets which held the Ten Commandments. You would think that he might not have the patience, that he might cut to the chase and he might tell it like it is. He was the one who brought the law, right? And you would think, boy, he would be someone I don't want to be around, but the Bible describes him as someone who is meek, someone who is gentle, more than any person on the face of the earth. What a goal we ought to be praying for. Uh, what, what a quality that we ought to desire so much right? is that. You know, this past week at our staff meeting, we, we spent some time and uh, we, we kind of tried to um, get trained together. And one of the topics we talked about was being magnanimous, which is very tied in with this, being a bigger person, the bigger person. And uh, we watched the short film about Nelson Mandela and the effect that he had and really the, um, the gentleness he approached. And there's a scene there. You know, he spent 27 years in prison as a political prisoner because of apartheid. He is finally released because of international pressure. And they have all this footage of him now. 
and he's meeting with the leaders, right? The white leaders of uh, South Africa. And there's one scene, he's shaking hands with the political leaders and he's walking and talking amongst the generals. And these are the generals that put him in prison. And he is smiling. And he is walking slowly through, uh, through that crowd and he's talking with them. He appoints even some of them who had, uh, was uh, uh, very obviously against him onto his cabinet to do work. What kind of person could do that? Because after 27 years, if I had a chance to go get my hands on the one who put me in jail for that long, the natural human tendency would be, I deserve this. I deserve to hurt that other person. There we see a quality of leadership, a quality of a person. That really is described here, that we as Christians can go to God and say, God, would you help me to be more gentle? Would you change the way I would talk? Would you change the way I would treat people? Would you help me to love and to be gentle towards them? And so it is demonstrated in how we treat others. So it's not just the inner quality that nobody knows that you have to sell to others. You, you, you can't sell your gentleness, okay? You can't say, hey guys, you know, I'm a real gentle person. You know, I, I, I punch a hole in the wall once in a while, but I'm a real, it doesn't work, right? You can't go to your kids, kids, you know, I know daddy kicked the dog, but I'm a gentle person, kids. They say, no, you're not, you're, you're a dog kicker, man. You know, you're not gentle. They're like, okay, we're afraid. But really, gentleness is something that is lived out daily. Fourthly, the fourth quality of gentleness is that it has power to affect other people. It is not the harshness, it's not the pounding of the fist with the truth that's going to change someone. It's the long gentleness. How Jesus has walked with us and how he has called us in this way. Second Samuel twenty two thirty six has this little verse. He says, you have given me the shield of your salvation and your gentleness made me great. This idea of this gentleness that makes us great. And so we see this definition of gentleness here. That me being gentle with someone will have a great impact on them. It will change them. It will make them who they are. And so if you have the opportunity to practice gentleness towards the people around you, you now improve them. You change them. And that is power. And just one side note, one maybe tangent, just maybe to the guys, you know, to the brothers here. In our masculine, false understanding of masculinity in our world today, you know, where masculinity means you go and you say what you want to say and you let them have it if someone cuts you off or, hey, it's, it's about winning till they tap out and you beat them up. Till, and we, we have this understanding that isn't that being true to yourself? You know, Paul, who was probably, you know, in the New Testament era, the, the most masculine person. Well, masculinity, really, you could define it by courage, sacrifice, um, willingness to be weight and, and give of himself and self-control, all those things. And we see a, a lot of his picture in the New Testament. When he goes to the church, uh, the, the Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians uh, 2, seven, for example, he, he says how he dealt with them. We were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. I, I was thinking about that verse. He was gentle in this way. He wins them over. 
And for us men, we have to learn this quality of gentleness that the world is not preaching towards you to say, this is good, this is cool. We, you'll get on ESPN on the highlights for being a gentle person. No. We highlight the ones who are out of control, the one that expresses whatever they want. Really, we highlight the villain and not the hero. And we're called to now be gentle men, gentle women. And I want to challenge us to pray, God, help me to be more gentle. Help me to watch the way I say uh, things and what I say and to those around us. And you look at the picture of Jesus in, that we read in Matthew 11. We, if you've been in church world, you know this, you know this whole passage. We may not fully understand it, but we've heard it. Jesus' invitation is now to the religious folks. And he says, come to me. All who, are, who labor are, and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He's talking to the religious people. He's talking to those who are trying really hard before God to prove something to God. And when they go to a different rabbi, the rabbis now put a yoke on them. A yoke was a, the, the wooden fixture that would put two cows or, or oxen together, and they would walk together for the uh, use of farming and agriculture, and, and so that you'd be yoked together. So you can't go your own way. You're stuck with someone. And so when you are yoked now together with someone who is telling you all the condemnation, all the guilt, and all the things you're doing wrong, and what's wrong with you, and you're coming in, and these people are coming into those rabbis, and the yoke is so heavy. The yoke is so difficult. And Jesus is saying, no, come and be yoked together with me. And really, this is the good news. Because we say, I, I, you know, like, I don't want to hang out. You know, do you want to hang out with the rabbi, the perfect rabbi, the one who never sinned? You say, I, I don't want to. That's fearful. That's scary. But what, is, what do we know? Is that he is gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So we need to go to Jesus, we need to get yoked together with Jesus, and we need to walk with him at his pace, see the things in the perspective he sees things, and he says it's light because he is gentle. The God of the universe, the one who would die for the sins of the world, he is gentle. He is patient with us. So who should we now practice this towards? Bible talks about a few groups specifically, and I want to just run through this. First of all, to those in the church. It says, Paul says in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, Therefore, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. So, he says, to the church... When you go to church, when you hang out with church people, practice gentleness. The irony of this, that we as a church would be people who should get along and who should like each other. Yeah, you should, but at the same time, you should be yoked in this way, in gentleness. It promotes unity. We often get hurt too quickly. Our nerves are too sensitive. And uh, if someone is even a little different, we say, I, I, I don't know if I can stay or I can do this. I don't want to be with them. He says, be gentle. Watch how you speak to each other. Watch how you spend time. Encourage each other. Use, practice humility, patience, 
bear with one another in this way. Um, this word, bear with one another, it's translated, you know, it could be translated, showing tolerance to one another. Give them time. Right? Don't, don't be in such a rush. Um, and so to keep that in mind, right? Uh, the second part is those who have fallen in sin. Be gentle with them. You share the truth. Hey, you know, you messed up. Be gentle with them. They already know, right? It says here in Galatians 6.1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you too be tempted. Restore them. Um, if someone is getting spiritually lazy, right, or is not doing so well, and, uh, you know, instead of saying, hey, man, you know, I didn't see you at church for three weeks, you know. Are you a Christian or not? Like, what are you? You know, we could, you know, like, what are you? You know, and we, we've, we know all the lines, you know, and uh, we could say all those things. And you know, what good is a Christian not going to church? You know, like a fireman that doesn't put out fires. What's, you know, we could say all those things. And then really, I mean, bash him over the head. And I uh, know, I know. Uh, they're going to come back? No, they're not going to come back, Right. But to do it with gentleness is so important. The Bible describes someone who has fallen this way, and it says to, that we should, verse 1, restore him. The word restore, it literally means to fix or mend something. Like a net that's been broken, you restore it. The fisherman would restore and mend the net. You take something that's broken and you would fix it. And if you've ever broken a bone, you've got to put a cast and you've got to let it just be. You don't shake it and say, hurry up, like, why don't you heal, right? I remember in high school, my parents, um, I'm grateful now, you know, they, they went and got me braces. I didn't want braces. You know, when you're like in, I was one of those kids, like in first, second grade, I wanted braces. I thought it was kind of cool. Put like aluminum foil. Maybe I was the only one that did that. I would do that and like, oh, I wish I had braces. And then in high school, you want braces. I said, I don't want braces. They said, well, you're getting braces now, you know? Um, and I remember getting braces, and um, I, I hated my braces. You know, I play football, get hit in the mouth, it's always bleeding, basketball, some of, you know, and can't eat certain things. And, and I remember I was so fed up, because it seemed like, you know, in high school, six months seems like forever, right? And I remember I, we got to wait more and more. And one time, I, I got so impatient, I, you know, the, the wires, I pulled all the wires out of my, the brackets, right? And I pulled it out. And my parents, you know, my mom's looking at me like, Lord, why didn't you give me a daughter? Like, why did you give me this animal? Like, what, what is he doing? Um, and, uh, but it doesn't help, right? It, it, we can't go and pull it out and be impatient in this way. We have to practice gentleness with each other. Third and fourth, it says to, that we ought to practice gentleness towards our enemies. And fourthly, it's really towards the world that is around us and how important that is. First uh, Peter 3.15 but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. We ought to give respect and gentleness in this way. So I want to challenge us. If we could be people who are gentle to the world around us, to the people in our lives, to those at work, that we would ask God to change the way deal with people, and demonstrate his power to them, so they would see the grace and the gentleness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads together.
And I want to give us just a moment, uh, if we could pray together, um, just for ourselves and our hearts, and ask God to, God, would you help me to be more gentle? Maybe there's someone that we have hurt or offended, and maybe we can go to God in this way. And I want to just give us a minute to do that. And then I'll, I'll close in prayer for us, and we'll go into our songs. Let's, let's bow our heads, and let's just come before God and ask God to give us that in our lives. Give us a desire to be like you. Lord Jesus, help us to understand who you are. And God, help us to now practice this fruit of gentleness to all those around us, to those who we think deserve it and to those who don't. Help us to remember what you did for us. Let's help us to live that out, God. We pray in Jesus' name.